Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney episode number four, Fix It Felix. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt. Hey everybody. And Tom. What's up guys? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So what's up tonight, guys? Anything exciting? Yeah, man, definitely excited. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Excited, uh, excited to share some of the news we have this week. Big, big week with Disney. Huge week with Disney. So tonight we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, we're going to talk about some attractions at Disney World that maybe need some changes to continue to be successful. Uh, but before we do that, again, we're going to start as always with the news with Tom. But before I turn it over to you, Tom, um, I've got to mention I recently watched a ride video of what I think is one of the greatest rides at Disneyland, and that is the reskin of Tower of Terror, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. It's hilarious. It's totally fitting with the Guardians of the Galaxy theme. All the characters are represented. The music is represented as you would expect, and it's something that I hope that I can witness in person here pretty soon because it looks incredible. You know, this goes back to last week's episode where I talked about how maybe it wouldn't be such a bad thing for them to reskin Tower of Terror at Disney World. So now that I've seen the ride video, I'm, I'm doubling down on that. I'm even more excited. With that being said, Tom? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hit you with the Disney World news. But Pete, I will add, I have seen the ride video too. And, and being a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, franchise movies that, that they released uh, it's it's a, a heck of a ride yeah before you hit the news tom you know this is one of those things that i hope that disney world can find a way to keep you know our tower of terror while also including some more guardians of the galaxy stuff and it'll be interesting if they can do it um with i know there's some different laws that are in effect or in who has copyright where you know east of the mississippi river and stuff but you know i hope we can keep our tower of terror but they can bring some guardian of the galaxy stuff back too Walt Disney World for the first time. Yeah, I, I agree. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But uh, sliding into our news of the week for Disney World. Uh, not a ton of news, but we do have some important news. Uh, I'm going to start uh, in Hollywood Studios. There is a new projection show uh, now being shown in Hollywood Studios. It's called Disney Movie Magic. It'll be projected on the Chinese theater and the surrounding buildings. Uh, you'll see films featured uh, Tron, Mary Poppins, Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, to name a few. Uh, this show will be uh, 30 minutes prior to Star Wars Galactic Spectacular. From everything I've read, it, it's got great reviews, and I've actually viewed it. I think it's a, a very neat uh, projection show. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but one of the key aspects of this is difference. I think it's all live action. Is that correct? Yeah, it is, and it's it's cool. They There's a lot of movies that they hit on. I, I think Indiana Jones is is one that they spend a lot of time on. It's, it's good to see all these movies, and it's kind of a neat little lead-in to... Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular. Uh, second piece of news, staying in Hollywood Studios. Another show, a live show actually, has, has arrived. It's called The Music of Pixar Live. It'll be held at the same stage where Beauty and the Beast is shown on Sunset Boulevard. And what you'll, you'll see here is it's actually a live orchestra uh, performing the music from classic Pixar animation films. Uh, the films that, that I've heard included are Up, Cars, Toy Story, and Finding Nemo. 
in, in addition to the live music and orchestra, you will actually be able to, to see Pixar characters. You'll see Woody and Jesse from Toy Story, Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc., and a few of The Incredibles, uh, plus more. Uh, this show is is nightly. And Pete, I think you, you have the times for it, right? Yeah, so right now it's at 5 o'clock, 6.45, and 8.15. Um, and a couple, couple things on this. I'll say that this is something that you know, could almost be an upcharge experience if they would include a drink or a snack or dinner or something like that. It's, it's almost something that they could upcharge for. Uh, the other cool thing is that the ending of the show is everybody that is present singing, you've got a friend in me. So it's, it's really cool to hear everybody kind of chime in and, and do that. The interesting thing about the, the show is they have it limited where it says it's just going to be available during the summer. And, I personally think if it's a hit, there's a chance it stays longer. Um, the typical Beauty and the Beast schedule, I think their last show usually is around like six-ish. I think they've probably bumped up their last show to, to incorporate this. Uh, but Pixar films and the music from Pixar films are, are so near and dear to so many people's hearts, uh, especially the Toy Story franchise. So if it does draw crowds, they're going to find a way to keep it in Hollywood Studios. And right now it's scheduled to run through August 27th. You know, there's there's no guarantee that it will. Um, it may be extended further than that if it is successful. But uh, Leading into our next piece of news, staying with the Pixar theme, actually. Uh, so, some big news on Toy Story Land. It, the opening date will be announced this summer, which is exciting. Uh, the, the first talk of Toy Story Land was like 2015. And to, to see some progress and to now have an opening date on the horizon... Uh, is very exciting for Hollywood Studios, for Disney fans, and for those Pixar lovers. Uh, there's also been some pretty serious work done on the Slinky-themed roller coaster uh, that'll be in Toy Story Land. And there are some aerial pictures that I've come across, uh, you know, just searching online that I will share via our Twitter and Facebook today for our listeners. Uh, moving on, going to our next bit of news. This is a standard piece of news. Just want everybody to know Blizzard Beach has announced their annual shutdown. It's going to be October 30th, 2017, and it's going to last through January 6th, 2018. Felt like we needed to mention it. Uh, I know that's a pretty standard date that they uh, they typically uh, choose each year, but did want to let everyone know. And with our last piece of news, obviously the biggest one we've discussed thus far, Pandora, the world of Avatar, is finally open to the public. I know everyone wants to talk about it. Pete, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say that, again, as we kind of stated in our first podcast, none of us are fortunate enough to live in Orlando, so none of us have actually been to Pandora yet. That being said, everything that we've read, everything that we've heard, everything that we've seen so far has been A+. This Disney has delivered. My fears were kind of unfounded. Tom, what have you heard about Flight of Passage? It's the best ride in the country, maybe the world. I've, I've tried to not look for any videos that may show me more than I want to see. I still want to have that thrill when I get to ride it. In December, maybe sooner, we always joke that we're just going to go one weekend. And I think it may happen. But uh, I've heard it's it's one of the – I mean, people have, people have – it's a range of emotions. People have cried from the excitement. They've laughed, cheered, clapped. I've heard it's one of the most thrilling experiences you'll ever find on, in an amusement park attraction. How about you, Matt? Not only laughed, cried, everything you want to say from emotion standpoint, but um, left speechless as well. I've heard, I've heard that people get off the ride and they can't talk for a little bit, <laughs> which mm-hmm. 
that's that in itself. I don't think I've ever been on a ride where I got to that point. And and the wait times have reflected that. You know, we've been watching the wait times. We've seen anywhere I think forty minutes has been the shortest that we've seen up to. 240, 280 minute wait time. Yeah, I uh, I monitor the wait times daily <laughs> through the through the Disney app. And, and for anyone that's going to Disney in the near future, one, Pandora the World of Avatar is going to be a cooler experience at night, just with all the lights and everything they have through that throughout the portion of that park. But two, if you're going to go and you cannot get a cannot capture a fast pass for it, the hours that I've seen that have been the least wait and and your wait still forty to sixty minutes have been 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Because keep in mind, uh, Animal Kingdom is staying up until 1 a.m. right now. And one thing to touch on that Thomas mentioned is that, you know, you, you want to get there when he said, to, if you're going to be in the standby line, obviously you get a fast pass. That's the preferred method to ride this ride right now. But, you know, it's this entire, this entire world is not just that ride. Um, I've been told and read that if you are there at 9 a.m. and you're there at 9 p.m., it's a total different atmosphere. It's a total different. It's a total different world. You hear animals coming to life that only are nocturnal. You get to see different things. The way that you can react or you can interact and watch this world react to you is just off the charts. It is fully immersive. To touch on what Pete said, and that's one of his worries: could this be an immersive park? And we were worried that before this, before this world opened, that you couldn't spend a whole day at Animal Kingdom. I don't think it's going to be a problem anymore. I think you can spend a couple days there. And adding on to Matt's point, definitely go enjoy the atmosphere. Uh, I will give one piece of advice. Uh, I've, I've heard that Flight of Passage is a bit restraining, I guess, in the, the actual seat that you're put in for the ride. Uh, there, there's a, a test seat or a sample seat, however you want to call it, outside the ride, where you can make sure you can comfortably ride it. Uh, and, I, and give Disney credit, they're getting better as the days go on at, at helping people get situated in this ride. The one complaint, if you have large calves, whether you're a uh, just big boned, uh, I, I've heard it could be a little uncomfortable, but definitely worth it. Make sure you do what you can to get get right in the seat so you can enjoy the ride. Yeah, and if, if this is the direction that Disney's going... And this is the direction they're going to go with Star Wars Land and, and Toy Story Land. I don't, I don't think we have anything to worry about. I think we'll be, we'll be just fine. All right, so if that's all for the news, Tom, we're going to roll right into our main topic tonight. Tonight, like I said, we're going to go in a little bit of a dif- different direction. Obviously, all three of us love Disney. But that's not to say that we think that Disney does everything perfectly. I, I think that we would all agree that there are some attractions, some rides, some parks even, that Disney leaves a little bit to be desired. So we're going to talk about a couple of those tonight. And the first ride that we're going to hit on, the first attraction that we're going to hit on, is one that has been very controversial. You either love it or you hate it. Uh, It's at Disney's Magic Kingdom. And of course, that is Stitch's Great Escape. So just just a little bit of history with Stitch's Great Escape. It started off as the extraterrestrial alien encounter. This was supposed to be a tie-in with the Alien franchise. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a direction of where this attraction was headed. This was Michael Eisner's baby. He was all about this ride. And, and I think, guys, this ride opened in, what, 90, 94, I think, was when it first opened? Okay. So one of the reasons that it closed was that it was too scary. It was too scary for the Magic Kingdom. And people, 
you know, going through the pre-show, seeing kind of the exterior. Granted, it was called the extraterrestrial alien encounter, but people didn't really know what to expect. Particularly given the fact that you're, look, you're in this very, I mean, it's a large room, but you're in a room, you've got shoulder restraints on, it's dark, and the audio system that they put in there is incredible. So it literally sounds like there was something right behind you. Not just sounds. You can feel the the breathing of this terrestrial being behind you. You can feel it drooling on your shoulder and you have nowhere to go because you are locked in. And and I will say that one of the coolest effects of the extraterrestrial alien encounter was there was one point in the show where I, I think it was a cast member that had a flashlight that was shining the flashlight around and all of a sudden the flashlight went out and you felt something warm dripping on you. So, you know, that just kind of gives you an idea of, of how scary it was. So I think this was a case of, look, th- this ride didn't belong at Magic Kingdom. Or if it, if it did belong at Magic Kingdom, there needed to be a little bit more warning that, hey, this was going to be scary. And I don't think that was ever really communicated. I can, I can tell you that I didn't, I didn't get the, the guts to go on this ride or attraction, whatever you want to call it, until I was about 13 14 years old because everyone that went on this at the time was scared it was the most real life there is an alien in the room and you talked about it you told your friends and it was scary first time i went on it i was terrified and it it, it, they did a great job making you believe that they really did anyway ride closed in 2003 reopened in 2004 after an extensive reskin now really all i have to say about it is that it has stitch in it and it smells bad I don't know that there's really anything else that you can say about this ride. I'm uh, fortunate enough to be at the age where I did do both. Uh, similar to Matt, it took me a while to, to build up the courage to ride Alien Encounter. S- Stitch is a bad ride. I, I rode it my last two trips to Disney World. S- it's just in rough shape. I, I don't know that it's in rough shape because, look, you look at the Stitch animatronic. The Stitch animatronic was one of the most advanced animatronics that Disney has come out with to date. But it's it's just one of those rides that, I don't know, it's just, there's no point to going on it. Here's my take on Stitch's Great Escape. It was, it took everything that was cool about Alien Encounter and doled it down to its dullest level. All of a sudden now there's Stitch. And we all love Stitch. But at the same time, like, that's when you're used to a ride and all of a sudden they change it. Go ahead, Tom. We love Stitch, but let's be honest. Stitch did not pan out like Disney thought Stitch would. It did. It did. It did for a little bit. For a little bit. Exactly. For a little bit. But you know what? There is is no Lilo in this ride. There is nothing that brings you back to what the movie was. No, and, you know, going back to what you said... It took everything that was scary about the extraterrestrial alien encounter and it dulled it down. So instead of being in the dark, you're in low light. Instead of getting blood dripped on you, you get chili dog burp in your face. You know, instead of this menacing presence that's that's behind you, you feel Stitch bouncing on your shoulders. And and they try and they try and spin Stitch as this scary thing that's like we've never seen an alien like this in the pre-show and all of a sudden like everyone in the audience is like oh this is stitch we love stitch like you're not scared and it 
it really missed the boat. And I think they took a they took a, a shortcut to fill a ride. Well, obviously we have our opinions on it. How do you fix it? What would you do, Pete? I'm going to swing it your way. What would you do to fix it? Well, so I think you know Matt and I were having an interesting discussion about this before we started, and that does this fit where it is in Tomorrowland? So, so let me come back to me real quick here. And here's the thing: if you want to reskin this, that's fine. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with an alien escape, you know, extraterrestrial alien encounter. I mean, that's fine. And that was fine for me, you know, once I got old enough. But at some point, you know, you have to get old enough for this ride and you have to want to do it multiple times. I think this was a, 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 one, a one ride. You do it, you're done. You don't really feel the need to do this again unless you like to watch scary movies or something like that. And the issue that I have here is you have this entire open space, but you're stuck in Tomorrowland. So if you want to use some intellectual property Disney movie, what movie can you really tie this to now? So that's that's the first option is look, do you take do you take stitch out of this? Do you put something else in? And and there's obviously there's all kinds of options. Disney's got all kinds of properties that could be used in here, be it a Guardians of the Galaxy, be it a Wreck It Ralph, whatever the latest rumor is. But but Matt's right, what fits in here? Oh well you could take you could take this you could take this ride, this area of, of Tomorrowland. If if Stitch's Great Escape was anywhere else in the Magic Kingdom or Disney Hollywood Studios or even Animal Kingdom or Epcot, you could literally drop any movie into the space and make it work. But how could you put something like Frozen or Moana or or Tangled in Tomorrowland? It's a tough it's a tough sell for me as a guest to say, "Oh, this fits here." I'd agree with you, but you know, what's right next to it? The Monsters in Claff floor. So Yes, yes, I see that, uh, that that intellectual property doesn't really fit. But at the same time, Disney's already kind of watered that down by putting Monsters, Inc. in there. Pete, I'm with you. Uh, Tomorrowland is a bit watered down. Uh, another reskin, I guess, uh, where you could probably use a lot of the same props, is going with the movie Inside Out. It was released in 2015, uh, Inside Out. Hits on anger, fear, disgust, different emotions of of uh, the human, uh, the human body. I think you could do some pretty fun things in that ride area. Uh, you know, what does anger feel like? What does fear feel like? Or you know, if you're going that direction, hey, go back to Cranium Command. You know, that was mm-hmm. that was something that I think was very well received and and very much liked at Epcot. Get back to Cranium Command. Okay, so my biggest thing here is what happens with the space. And when I say the space, I'm talking about the 162-seat arena they have created. That's theater in the round style. And all of a sudden, you know, when Alien Encounter was there, you were all looking to the center, and this there was this there was this tube that was containing an alien. And now all they did was they dropped Stitch into it and changed the effects of it a little bit. So do you have to keep the tube there? Does it have to be some kind of experience? Or can you go to some virtual reality, you know, and do a little VR headset? I mean, they've done it in Disney rides recently. And I think that's the way you go. I think that you have all this space. What do you do with it? Yeah, and it is, it is a big space. You know, I, I don't think that was kind of my last option is, hey, do you just burn this to the ground and, and start from scratch? I don't, I don't know that you can burn it to the ground uh, because – that building is kind of integral to the Tomorrowland design. But 
But you're absolutely right. Could you repurpose that space? I mean, you look at the two pre-show areas, you look at the theater, there's plenty of room in there to do to do something. You know, I think the the rumor that's been going around is that a it's going to be a Wreck-It Ralph, something tied in with the uh, with the candy racer from Wreck-It Ralph. That's great, and, and I think that would work. Well, when you talk about, you know, this ride, Pete, and we talk about, you know, how big this space is, there were two pre-shows in here, and you do start outside in a line, and you work your way through this. There's a lot of room if this ride gets big, and they do do a reskin of some sort, they bring back Alien Encounter, or heck, you know, the last thing we haven't talked about is they make Stitch's Great, Great Escape awesome. <laughs> you know, they could always do that. I, don't, I, I think it's a tall task. But anyway, if this if this ride becomes a big, big ride at Disney World, you know you have the room to make a nice big line, make it enjoyable, make it air conditioned for folks. So I guess that brings the another point to light is could you at this point revert to the original extraterrestrial encounter and just run it? Does that ride fit at Magic Kingdom? I don't know if it fits at Magic Kingdom, but from the fans reaction to Stitch's Great Escape at this point. I think people would be lining up left and right to do a throwback Alien Encounter. And, I'd and agree with point, you. At this point, everyone knows what Alien Encounter is. It's been gone for 14 years, and some of our younger listeners were like, oh, what is Alien Encounter? Well, like you said, that's where Stitch's Great Escape is now. But there's so much newer technology that they could revamp this. They could give it a great storyline, and you, you already have everything set up. Just you know, take Stitch out. But not only that, go with the original concept. Tie this in with the Alien franchise. You know, we've we've had two Alien movies come out recently. Tie it back in with the Alien franchise. That's relevant again. I don't know how much that costs. But, but you're right. It, expand the technology. Tie it in with the Alien franchise. People know what it is at this point. People know what to expect. I think, I think the Alien franchise is dying, Pete. Well, the movies haven't been great, but... But but look, what I'll say is that I can remember going to Disney World when this when the extraterrestrial alien encounter was open and the lines never being shorter than 45 or 50 minutes. You know, there was always there was always a wait for this ride. So obviously it was popular even though people may not have always known what they were getting. I'm I'm thinking out loud. It would be so easy to make it Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was going to I was going to touch on that and um so here's the thing there. If they can do it, let's do it. I think that'd be great. And if you even want to keep it where it's, you know, first it was the alien, now it's Stitch, you could have, and I read this online, this is not my idea, but Rocket and Groot escape and they realize all the humans are there and then you just have Groot and Rocket terrorizing this place and getting all of us out. I think that'd be really fun. But as big as Groot has gotten... And legality behind it, I think they could use Groot, but I'm not 100% sure. As large of a role as he had in the second movie, everyone loves Groot. Everyone loves Groot. Yeah, And to put him in the ride, I think, would be a slam dunk of success. Look, you put Groot in this ride, my wife would go to Disney World. (laughs) Especially especially baby Groot, right? I will be personally writing a letter. (laughs) Well, so... the other big thing for me is the shoulder harnesses on this ride. They make this really, really uncomfortable, especially if you're, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm a tall guy. These shoulder harnesses, they never fit right. They're either pushing too hard or they're too high up and you can't feel them. I mean, are, are the shoulder harnesses really necessary? 
And I will couple on there. It's not just the shoulder harnesses. It is the darkness. It is everything that's on that ride. You get someone that's a little claustrophobic, and they have shoulder harnesses, and they are in a dark dark spot, and there's something that they feel to their right. It can be pretty traumatic. I'll tell you, being a taller guy, I'm, I'm about six foot three. Every time I ride Stitch's Great Escape, now one, I'm just not very excited about riding it, but two, I always purposely hold mine up a little, like put my shoulders a little higher. And I know I don't feel the effect when he starts jumping around or sitting on your back, but it's not comfortable. And so I'm with you, Pete. If they could find a way to totally eliminate that, I think that'd make the ride much more enjoyable. You drop in a seatbelt. That's all you need is a seatbelt. And, and yeah, I think that the darkness is a huge component of that ride. I think the darkness is really important to making that ride work. Especially, you know, you talk about the extraterrestrial alien encounter. I mean, what, 75%, 80% of that ride was in complete darkness. And, and you relied on the sound cues and you relied on kind of the, the, the stimulation from air blowing on you or, or, you know, whatever to experience the ride. Which is one of the reasons I think a revitalization of this ride would be a hit. I think that you can take a lot of technology that was not available in 1994 and, you know, when they started this entire idea, you know, I, I know that I know that we had some good ideas from George Lucas that were not used, but... You know they can make they can revitalize this and they can make this work. I think. Yeah, and it's it's sad it's sad to see a ride like this that was, in my opinion, I thought it was one of the better rides in Tomorrowland. It's kind of sad to see it go from that status down to a ride that's operating seasonally. And you know that that right there points to Disney knowing it's not a good ride. They're operating it seasonally because they're trying to help with crowd control. They understand that people are not overly enthused about Stitch's Great Escape, and they will fix it. But Disney's got a lot on their plate right now. You know, obviously Pandora the World of Avatar just opened. Um, Toy Story Land is 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 moving right now. Uh, and then Star Wars Land is, I still think, going to be the biggest thing that comes to Disney in the near future. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of capital outlaid right now. And, you know, so maybe spending money on this isn't, the biggest priority for them, but but look, have you ever seen this ride with more than a ten minute wait, fifteen minute wait? I mean, have you ever actually waited in line for this ride? The last two, well, the last time we went, I don't know if it was open. The time before that, I know I rode it because I was there in the summer. Yeah, we we rode it. We rode it. Yet. Oh, did we? Okay, we so wrote the last it. two times we've ridden it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but look, we didn't wait in our land. And go ahead. I was just going to say, we didn't we didn't wait in line for it. I mean, we may have we waited. we didn't ride it more than once either. And we didn't ride it more than once either. It's one of those rides that it's kind of a cool experience the first time you ride it. If it's completely new to you and you don't know what's what to expect mm-hmm. and what's coming. But if, you've, but if you've experienced the extraterrestrial alien encounter, I don't know. It, it just seems like a shadow of itself. I, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking Disney now and... How much of a jolt could Tomorrowland use? A, a, a huge jolt. Now, Magic Kingdom itself, again, we've talked about that's a very successful park right now. Obviously, it has the highest crowd level. But if you break it off piece by piece, Tomorrowland could really use something. It Space could. Mountain still draws people. Buzz Lightyear even can get up to a 40-minute wait at times. It could. And I think that maybe that's where we head next is biggest 
or one of the most underutilized pieces of land at Magic Kingdom, the Tomorrowland Speedway. I know that this is controversial, but let's face it. These are cars that, they're gas-powered cars. I mean, all they do is they, they go around the track and they stink. They stink. <laughs> <They're, laughs> okay, so I, it depends what age you catch me at. Younger, younger Tom, must do. Yeah. Once I went to my first, you know, go-kart park, eh, could, could care less because, one, you're on the track. Yep. Two, you can't control it. The speed is... The speed is what you're going to get. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been on on this I don't ride. fit anymore. I'm too tall for it. <laughs> I, you know, it'd, be, it'd be odd for me waiting in line. But if we're getting, hey, we're hitting on rides we can fix, that's another one. That's another space that they could totally revamp. Yes. And, you know, if you want to get really creative on it, you demolish that ride. You put in the Tron light cycles from Shanghai Disney. You put in some new Star Wars pod racer ride. Although that may be difficult with Star Wars Land opening at Hollywood Studios, but but you do something with that space to revitalize that area of Tomorrowland because let's face it, that's kind of a wasted space at this point. There are two ideas for me. I love the Pod Racer, but I don't think it's it's going to be. Per- you can't do it with Star Wars Land coming. There are two things for me that can go in. One, the Tron ride, totally recreate it, put it in there. It would be a smashing hit, a huge hit, and it would go very well with. With Space Mountain right there. Or two, if you want to cut revamp time, if you want to do something that still fits, just change it to the Cars theme. I don't, I don't know what you do there. I really don't. Because you look at Radiator Springs Racers at Disneyland. I mean, that's test track. It's a reskinned test track. But it's not... But our test track is not cars themed. Correct. Our te- our test track is not cars themed. But if you were to put in Radiator Springs Racers at Magic Kingdom, you would essentially be duplicating test track just with a cars theme. So if you're going to develop another ride, another cars themed ride, and put that in in place of the Tomorrowland Speedway, absolutely, I'm 100% for it. But if you're going to try to drop in a Radiator Springs Racers, you're going to have to close test track. Just retheme the go karts. Yeah, but how do you do that? And you and you make it. I understand what you're saying. Apply some kind of fiberglass shell to the cars and make them cars themed. Make them cars. But does that fix the problem? I'm gonna jump in. It doesn't really fix the problem, but at the same time, to me, it's not a ride that I ride. How does it? How does it fit into Tomorrowland at this point? It doesn't. It's talking cars. Yeah, but how is that? How does that fit into Tomorrowland? The land of I like tomorrow, it. the future, Tomorrowland. Talking talking cars is the future? Pete, we are very close to having cars that drive themselves. Why can't they talk? <laughs> we have Siri. I just I just My I don't phone think talks to me. I don't I don't know that cars fits. You know, we talked about theming and Stitch's Great Escape not fitting the theming. I think that I think that right now as as it exists, the Tomorrowland Speedway doesn't fit the theming. I think that if you try to put cars in there, if you try to shoehorn cars in there, it doesn't fit either. I don't think it's shoehorning cars in there because you take it from how far away is the Mad Hatter's Tea Party from where we're talking about putting cars. You're still basically in Fantasyland. I agree with you that it's close to Fantasyland, but look, you're still talking about an attraction that is directly across the street from Cosmic Rays. Like it's it's gotta fit that theming somehow, and I just I just don't see how a cars theme would fit that. Then Tron's the only answer. 
I agree. Tron's the only answer. And maybe that's because, hey, I really want that ride to come to the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> All right. I, I want to throw one other option out here. Can we make fun of you for it if, if we think it's stupid? Sure. Sure. Okay. I think we all agree that this is one of the biggest just square footage areas of the Magic Kingdom, this attraction, this ride. Is there room for two rides here if they just completely do away with it? Could they do Tron and do something else? Tron's too big. Yeah, it, the, the footprint of Tron is huge. So can Tron fit where this fits? Yes. I absolutely. think Tron can fit where this fits. I don't think you could do two with Tron. I don't think you could either. Okay. I'm glad you didn't make fun of me too bad. Well, I mean, <laughs> I could call you an idiot if you wanted, but but no, I I think that the footprint of Tron is too big to to fit anything else in there. But but I think that we can agree that something needs to be done with with Stitch's Great Escape. Personally, I think we should bring back the extraterrestrial alien encounter. I know that a lot of people would agree with me. There's probably people that would disagree with me that don't want to bring their six year old kid on on that ride. Which is understandable. Um, and where you're talking about something needs to be done with Stitch's Great Escape, while I agree, I think something just needs to be done in Tomorrowland. I think if you throw Tron in there, or you up, upgrade and, and reskin Stitch's Great Escape, you're going to see a uptick in crowd traffic. Yep, so I think that needs, something needs to be done with that, as well as the Tomorrowland Speedway. And my last thing I'll say on this, and I hope this doesn't open a can of worms, is... You start throwing Tron there, you go throw like a revamped Alien Encounter there. Do people still want to go to one of y'all's top five rides at Disney World if all that other stuff is there? Which ride is that, Matt? I think that was Tom's number one. I think it was too. Um, yes. Yeah, I think... I, That's look, all I'm going to say. I, I think Space Mountain remains popular for the same reason that Pirates of the Caribbean remains popular. It's a Disney classic. You can't... It doesn't matter what new rides you put in there. If, as long as Space Mountain is operating, it's going to have a 100-minute wait. Space Mountain is the best ride at Disney World. <laughs> Disagree there, but I still love it. So the third ride that we're going to hit on, I know we, we briefly covered Tomorrowland Speedway, but the third ride we're going to touch on is Mission Space. Look, if you look at Mission Space from a 30,000 foot view or 40,000 foot view or whatever, whatever it's popular to talk about in the business world nowadays, mission space should be one of the best received rides at Disney world. It's use of technology is incredible. It's, it's a great ride experience, but for some reason the, the crowds just don't, just don't materialize there. You talk about flight of passage and people coming off of this and saying it's the most and most crazy, most awesome, most best ride in every single way they've ever been on. When I was 12 years old, and I, maybe before that actually, but when I first rode Mission Space, that was the craziest thing I'd ever been on. Like, and that was before they kind of toned it down a little bit. And I understand that you know it, this ride is for some people and it's not for some people. But if we're going to talk about revamping a ride, I think that revamping this ride would be fantastic because the technology is not outdated. Our dis little sneak peek, our Disney secret of the day actually revolves around some of the technology in Mission Space. Um, hitting back on what Matt's point, you have to like G-Force rides to enjoy this. For a small example, 
our last trip, one of the, the guys who hadn't been to Disney before, it was his favorite ride of the entire trip. Because, and, and he wanted to continuously ride it because of the G-Force sensation uh, that you get when you do ride it. It's something that is unparalleled by other rides that, that you've ridden. I would be willing to bet across the country. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something like nothing else that you've ever experienced before. But, but I wonder, you know, if you show up at Epcot on any day other than the absolute busiest days of the summer... What's the longest wait that you guys have seen? Oh, 20 minutes. 20 minutes 15 probably. minutes, 20 minutes for this ride? Why is that? Well, I, I do think that, you know, I don't know if anyone are, any of our listeners play video games, but when I look at the actual visual aspect of this ride once I'm in the spaceship, I think it looks outdated, and that's just me. Do you guys agree with that, disagree? Where are I y'all? Agree. Yeah, so that was, that was one of the points that I was going to make, and we'll... we'll Let's move into that. What, what do you do to fix it? So I would say yes. One of the major things is it, it does look like a video game. It does look kind of outdated because, look, this ride opened in 2003. So at this point, it's kind of due for a refresh. Just the ride vehicles themselves need some some adjustments. You know, it, it, it doesn't look futuristic anymore. It looks like what futuristic was thought of 20 years ago. The interesting thing about what you guys hit on you know how easy it'd be for them to create a new video? It would be low cost and it would be quick. You talk about a standard close and refurbishment, they would have it up and running. Yeah. You're not changing any of the G-Force portion of it. No, three or, three, or four, three or four months and, and you're done. But that was that was another idea. Hey, can we, can we make this like Star Tours? Can we make this where every ride is different? Where you're not going and you're experiencing the same thing every single time. Now, it, it that would, would be brilliant. I mean, I think it would fix a lot of problems, right? Because right now you've got the orange team and the green team operating. The, the orange team is the more intense, which includes the spinning. The green team does not. How hard is it to randomize videos on, on each, each ride? Um, even if it's something as simple as, as Star Tours, where they have three different segments and, and each one rotates through i mean that would that would change the ride experience tremendously and you really wouldn't have to do a whole lot of reprogramming to do that look the i like this ride let me go ahead and say that i like this ride i i enjoy it it's not a ride i do multiple times however this technology i don't think it's outdated on the actual like feeling you feel when you ride this ride the other aspects of it i think are outdated so you throw a revamp video in there, you throw some new technology in, you have a new actual ride of like visual proportions, and I think that you can make this something very, very popular, and it doesn't have to be called Mission Space. Give it a new entire, entire image. Well, or do you tie it to something else? I mean, I, you know, we, we talk about, we talk, we've talked about Star Wars, but is there something else you could tie it to? I think a huge issue with the ride today is the negative PR it received right after, shortly after it first opened? There happened to be a death on the ride, and a, a child that was under the height requirement was on the ride, and unfortunately, uh, now if you revamp the ride's name and you you revamp the the video, I think you get a whole new. Everyone heard about what happened on Mission Space. But if you make it a pod racer ride, if you again we're going into the Star Wars realm, 
there are a lot of opportunities there. Look, you're going to have every single person that talks to you about Disney talking about Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy and how many cool rides could pop up from that. And you know why? That's recency bias. However, if you want to throw something in there like Wally, we haven't talked about Wally. That's a Pixar movie. That's Disney. You could do something where you are going with Wally to a planet where he is in charge of this spacecraft and you do something along the lines of refurbishing. I mean, I don't know what it is, but you can make this Wally centered. And that's something totally different that people haven't talked about. Well, what I'll say about that is that this is an intense ride. This is not, you know, we're not talking about the Barnstormer. We're not talking about the magical carpets of Aladdin or, or Thomas Shepard ride Dumbo. This is, this is not a gentle ride. This is a very intense ride that you experience pretty high G-forces on. So I, I think that however you reskin this or whatever you do to this ride, it, it kind of needs to self-select out those younger people that may not do so well or the, or the people who do not, who aren't into the intense experience. I agree. And let's put our business hats on here. Right now, this is a sunk cost for Disney. Whatever they can do to to refurb this and get this up and running is going to be better than what it is right now. So they need to do something. What they do, we can throw out ideas. And if Disney wants to put us on the payroll, we will gladly come hang out in Orlando for a couple weeks and give them some really good ideas. I'm with you, Pete. I think you have to maintain the fact that this is an intense ride and not suitable for all parties. I like the idea of trying to utilize another uh, movie that, that performs strongly in the box office. But by throwing Wally in there, I think you open a can of worms of a lot of younger folks wanting to come on that one. I, I think you send the wrong message. I, th I think that you attract a clientele that you're not looking to attract on that ride. But I do agree that, look, either you update the you update the ride, you update the video, you update the ride vehicles themselves, or you attach some kind of intellectual property to it. Why doesn't Guardians of the Galaxy work here? Yeah, so and Wally is, is probably not the best idea. That popped in my head, and um, that's just something, though. I mean, I think there needs to be a refurb here. I think there needs to be something done because Mission Space is not working. But it is a, it's a very cool idea, and when, when they did it, I loved it. And the ride itself is great. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy this ride. And, and like Tom said, on our last Disney trip, one of the guys that went with us, it was his favorite ride. He really enjoyed this ride. And so coming back to the question, what what's your solution? What are you doing to fix it? For, for me... I'm I'm reskinning it. I'm I'm keeping the ride the same, but I'm reskinning it. I'm I'm putting I'm putting in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm somehow riding along with the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, on a mission to save the universe, or, or or something something to that effect. Something to where you keep that G force. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of seen as, look, this isn't for your six or seven year old kids. This is something for your 13, 14 year old kids at a minimum. So I think you kind of self-select out the younger kids, but but it still fits. It still fits the ride, and and you keep the the G-force experience the same. One hundred percent, I like that idea. If Guardians of the Galaxy can go anywhere, I wanted to go here because this is the this is future world. This is the world of tomorrow. This is where Guardians of the Galaxy fits. It doesn't. It, it fits here. It doesn't encroach on Star Wars at all, and I, I love it here. In my opinion, it also fits at Tower of Terror, but. Well, I don't want to lose Tower of Terror. <laughs> My fix-it's a little different from you guys. I like this take the Star Tours approach. Put It worked at even at Hollywood Studios Tower of Terror. You have a randomized uh, ride. 
Put seven to ten different films in there. You don't know what you're going to get. Keep the same intense versus less intense sides and roll with it. I, th- I think it's been a massive success at Star Tours, and I think it could work here too. And you're still staying somewhere in space, not necessarily the Star Wars galaxy, correct? Yeah, you could go to Jupiter. You could go to the moon. You could go wherever you wanted. Yeah, it wouldn't be Star Wars. It would it'd be in it'd be in our universe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I like that. I, I just don't think you're going to see Star Wars anywhere other than Disney Hollywood Studios. I'd agree. Well, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But but I think that works too. I think that you know you just you make everyone slightly different. Different things go wrong. Different things happen on each one, and and. Ultimately, you get a completely different ride experience depending on what you get. I, I agree with that 100%. So, All right, so um, we're going to do a little bit of a draft here, and I'm going to start and because I just want to put you guys in a tight spot. And I don't care if you do rock, paper, scissors to who goes next. However, I'm going to go ahead and pick that my ride to have a, a big changeover here is Stitch's Great Escape. I want that to go back to Alien Encounter. I want them to do some kind of reskin here. I think that this this ride doesn't work. There are a million ways they can go, and if it's Ralph, that's great. If it's not, just get Stitch out of there. It's it it doesn't it doesn't bring anybody in. And the only reason they're doing it is because they're trying to thin lines at other rides and thin lines and congestion in the park. All right, so um, you guys didn't get a chance to see this, but Pete won the rock paper scissors. Apparently, apparently I won. Um... I agree with you. I think that this ride is the ride that most desperately needs changes. It's operating seasonally right now, and and you're absolutely right. It's it's only operating seasonally to try to alleviate the lines at, at some of the other attractions. And I don't even know that that's working. I haven't seen what the wait times are for it when it's open, but I've never seen longer than a 15 or 20 minute wait time at this ride. So I don't know that that's working. So something needs to change. I think there's so many directions that Disney could go with this ride, be it going back to the extraterrestrial alien encounter, be it reskinning it to something else, be it turning it into something completely different. I, I'd agree with you. All right. Well, um, if you can't tell, Pete does not know which ride he wants to reskin here. So I'm going to throw it over to Thomas. He lost his shot. Uh, if we're going to do a draft and <laughs> I get two to choose from, I'm going to be selfish. I agree Mission Space desperately needs something, but I won't try Every I've seen the ride video. I, I while I do care about Disney history, Tomorrowland Speedway has surpassed its its welcome in my book. Uh, as, as harsh as that is, um, I I would love to have Tron. I think it fits perfectly with the theme, and I I really believe that it would add more people to Magic Kingdom, which is what Disney wants right now. All right, well, so apparently I get stuck with Mission Space then because I don't know how, to, how a draft works. Look, I'm okay, I'm okay. Look, I'm okay with that because let's look at Epcot right now. Let's look at the major attractions at Epcot. Mission Space has got to change. Mission Space should be one of the anchors of that park, and it's not right now. You look at you look at the rides that have the longest lines at Epcot. You've got Frozen. You've got test track and you've got Soren. those are the top three right now with spaceship earth kind of filling in mission space has got to take some of the pressure off those rides now i know that there's a revamp planned for future world maybe that's part of it i hope it is uh, because it desperately needs it right now mission space as it is now is is not working and the last thing i'm gonna say about this i'm i'm, I'm gonna cut it i'm gonna i'm gonna be quiet here after this but i agree with pete 
Tom, I think you made a mistake there. I would have picked Mission Space too because Epcot needs some needs another anchor, and I'll just leave it at that. So with that being said, we're going to roll right into the Disney Secret of the Week. Uh, Tom, what have you got for us this week? You know, I, the reason I didn't pick Mission Space, we can't have one guy talking about it the whole time. Tonight's Disney Secret, Epcot's Mission Space is a topic. This one's crazy to me. I, it was mind-boggling when I learned it and shared it with everybody. Uh, so here goes nothing. Epcot's Mission Space attraction takes part, part guests on an adventure to Mars, where each participant in the spacecraft has a particular job to land your ship successfully. The ironic thing about this ride, the simulation itself actually requires more computer power than NASA's real space shuttles that are sent to space. How wild is that? That's all for this week's Disney Secret. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, that's all for us this week. Please tune in next week for more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter, at Podcast. And if you have any suggestions for show ideas or, or any comments, criticisms, please tweet us or email us at mendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast tonight, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.